0: I'm always very open and honest about my illness and what I like to say is just because I'm disabled doesn't mean I'm less abled, it just means I'm differently abled. Nobody, you know, treated me any differently for it, which was really nice. The support I've had through with you, with me, even from like my onboarding week all the way through has been amazing.
1: If you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labram. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 51 of the Blue Light Leavers podcast. So today I'm talking to Samantha Gillison, and this leads on from the episode that we recorded um, a couple of weeks ago with Tom Moore from With You With Me. Uh, now, Samantha is a former police officer who uh, had to leave through uh, ill health, through ME, and uh, after seven years service. And in the interview, she explains the symptoms, how it manifested itself, and her worries and concerns prior to, to leaving the job. Um, and she talks us through a couple of different organizations that she worked closely with that really helped her, um, including With You With Me. Her story is incredible. It actually choked me up while we, were, uh, while we were interviewing. It's extraordinary, it really is. And she talks about the testing that they do with With You With Me and the aptitude testing in particular, and then the opportunities that have arisen as a result of uh, taking with you, with me up on the free training and where that's now led to. This is unbelievable. I promise so many of you are going to really connect with this and connect uh, connect with Samantha. Uh, I really hope you love it. And uh, let's go over to Samantha now. Hi, Samantha. Thanks so much for uh, agreeing to be interviewed on the Blue Light Leavers podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, this is a follow on from uh, the last episode where we spoke to uh, Tom Moore. Um, So he's the founder of uh, With You With Me. And uh, you've got a really exciting story to tell. I know that. So um, if you just give us a a little introduction and then we'll we'll go into a bit more detail about your policing career and um, and what you were doing and why you left and how you came across With You With Me. That'd be amazing.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you for having me. So I'm Samantha. I was a police officer for almost seven years. Um, And in April, I joined With You With Me after just a sort of a diagnosis of a chronic illness, um, which meant I was no longer going to be operational. So I really, rather than being tied to a desk job for the rest of my career, I decided to see what else was out there. And yeah, I found With You With Me and it's, I've been there over a month now and it's been great.
1: Oh, amazing. That's really exciting. So thank you for that. And the, um, um, what sort of roles were you doing in the police?
0: Um, I've done quite a lot of it, a lot of like different things, um, mainly all in neighborhood and local policing. So I started off as a dedicated ward officer. Um, I did that for a couple of years. Then, um, I managed to get pick up an injury and I was on a partnership and prevention team um, which I did for again a couple of years Um, and then my last full role was in learning and development um, which is sort of helping sort out officer safety training and other skills Um, but within that I've done attachments with um, public protection and um, youth offending as well. So I've done loads of different little things here and mm. there.
1: Yeah, amazing. That's great. I mean, seven years. That's a, that's a really interesting career, actually. But um, um, so, what were the uh, key reasons why you left? You said you picked up a chronic illness. If it's not too personal and, and you're happy to talk about, um, you know, that particular period, that'd be that'd be helpful because I'm sure other people would be able to relate. To it.
0: Yeah. um, So I don't think it's really any secret that once you become ill, things become very difficult in the job. Um, You do kind of get put on sick teams or the sick list. Um, So I got in 2020, I got diagnosed with an illness called ME, um, which is, it's not really that rare in the UK. There's over 265,000 people with it. Um, But not a lot of people know what it actually is and it's got a lot of stigma around it um because it was previously known as chronic fatigue syndrome and with that comes along the term yuppie flu which you know has made things really difficult for us with it um Mm -hmm. those of us who have the illness so I mean I my day-to-day life isn't sort of predictable one day I can wake up and be feeling sort of all right um and the next day I can barely get out of bed. And the main sort of symptoms are fatigue, but it's this sort of bone crushing, extreme fatigue, um, as if you've ran a marathon every day. Um, I get a lot of chronic pain. I have trouble with my speech sometimes, so it can sound like I'm a little bit drunk. Um, I can get tongue-tied, brain fog. Um cold and flu symptoms it's yeah you name it it's probably a symptom of ME it's it's very difficult and um it's you know they do think that's what long COVID is as well so it's kind of that theory that you become ill and you never get better um and the chances of me recovering are very slim only three percent of people recover to the same to become the same person they were before. So f- for me, that means I, you know, I can't go to the gym anymore um, because one, I'm physically unable to. And two, if I do, that's going to cause such a big crash um, that I could become bed or housebound, which one in four people are, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, in a way, I'm quite lucky to be able to be here and talking to you and not in. position unfortunately that some people are Mm. so I guess that was another reason for me was that you know to stay healthy and to stay sort of in this more stable baseline that I am at the minute I knew that I couldn't stay in the job anymore and I Mm. had to go and find something that would accommodate my condition
1: I had absolutely no idea it was so impactive so I'd heard of it yeah. but I had no idea you know how uh, debilitating the symptoms were and um, and how big an impact it has and the fact that I mean it sounds like' there's, there's very little mitigation that can be that can be put in place to help and support is that is that fair is that as a sort of medication or is there anything that can that can help
0: so currently there's no treatment um, and very little research has been done into the illness um, it's just about managing your symptoms through pacing. I mean, unfortunately, there were treatments that were advised um up until the end of last year that were making people more ill um, to do with like graded exercise therapy. Um and yeah, and the result was a lot of people were getting a lot more ill. Um so that's been scrapped and now it's just a case of pushing for the research into it and I mean, fortunately, I think last week the health secretary did come out and say that they are going to focus on it because of um, quite a powerful article that came out in the Times. Um, But yeah, it's there's not a lot you can do about it at the minute, and there's no test. It's just ruling everything else out. So the diagnosis or journey is very difficult as well.
1: Mm. And how did it actually manifest itself? So how did you? start to know that there was something not right and what was the time scale between realising that something wasn't right and then actually being diagnosed?
0: Um, I think for me I sort of knew things weren't right when I was really struggling at the gym and I picked up a knee in- a soft tissue knee injury that shouldn't have been that difficult to rehabilitate but I just couldn't And I couldn't do my fitness test and I didn't know what was going on. Um, For me, I was getting these really intense migraines and um, there was one day in particular where it affected the function in my arm. I wasn't able to move my arm. Um, And that's when I was like, okay, no, this isn't just a migraine. There's more going on. Um, And for me, it took about 18 months to get the diagnosis I had over 275 blood tests Um, yeah I and I didn't want to accept it initially because of the stigma around it I had my own ignorance I didn't know you know I didn't know much about it um so I was going for private you know paying for private treatment or private testing and yeah it was a long time to get to this point and there isn't any sort of specialists out there for it um although it's a neurological disorder it's very rare that you will get referred to neurology I mean personally my I was referred to um a psychiatric doctor I believe so it, mm. that just kind of says it all but it mm. is you know there is enough research out there now to prove that it's not a mental illness that is physical
1: wow incredible and are there any support networks if anyone's going through this themselves already and, and may not or just starting in terms of how they're feeling and a potential diagnosis are there any support networks out there to to plug into that can help um,
0: facebook groups there's some really great ones um that's what i use personally the me association are uh, sort of the fountain of normal knowledge and the absolutely brilliant um and that's who i'd really recommend that people look at and yeah just facebook instagram there's quite a few influencers who are really great to look at as well
1: mm-hmm. okay well thank you for that and, and thanks for being so open about it as well obviously you know it's the first time we've spoken so i wasn't aware of of what you've been through and um you know obviously, i really appreciate you being here Samantha, so thank you for that it's uh, yeah, it's incredibly good of you um So once it was diagnosed, and what happened with regards to making that decision to leave the job? Was that on ill health? Or did you just get to the point where you thought I need to move on? Or or what happened?
0: Um, To be honest, it was a lot to do with the disciplinary process after being off sick for quite a long time. Um, I did get served with UPP. And that Really affected my mental health in a bad way um, because I was still, when I was in work and I wasn't off sick, I was working really hard. Um, I was doing everything that I could. I was, you know, even logging on when I shouldn't be, which I think a lot of us are guilty of thanks to lockdown and laptops now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just felt really sort of undervalued. Um, and I guess disappointed I'd done a lot of um, mental health work in the job with the blue light champions and um, some of which I've done nationally so I hadn't just done that within my force I'd been you know representing elsewhere and so I felt really sort of let down and um, disappointed so I um, yeah I, I guess the decision didn't you know it didn't come across like come along too quickly um there was a lot of thought that went into it I didn't just you know overnight say that's it and pack it in um but yeah a lot of it was to do with just the treatment that I received after my diagnosis and after being off on long-term sick I just had enough I'd you know, it was making me incredibly depressed. Um, it, it was making me think about self-harming again, which I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And it was just that lack of support. You know, I wasn't asking for special treatment. I was just asking, you know, to not be treated poorly. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, you know, I think it was fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I at first I really didn't want to leave the job I wanted to you know I know that there's a role for everyone Mm -hmm. but in the end it just got to the point where I had to prioritize my mental health and my physical health um, because you know when my mental health is bad my physical health is even worse and vice versa yeah that was the decision I made and Mm. I think the other thing for me as well is you know the the job has kind of been a bit of a family business um and so having been a child of the job and been there through you know like it's been there my whole life Mm. I guess I you know I'd seen all the changes and my support network had seen all the changes um and it definitely you know, wasn't for the better, um, and so you know, I also had that support around me as well with regards to leaving, um, because I just I felt, I guess, really disappointed.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense, and and um, you know that that journey towards handing your papers in must have been really difficult. And UPP, just for people who who may not be aware, that's the underperformance process. Is that underperforming process, something like that? Is that it?
0: Yeah. So um, there's three stages to it. And with it, I don't know if it's all forces, but within my force that I was in particular, um, if you've been on a period of long-term sick, which I think they count starting as over 14 days, it's a line manager's discretion that they can basically put you through this process. The first stage usually results in you being given a um, improvement notice, saying you you know you need to maintain your attendance and not go off sick in the next year. The second stage will be a written warning saying, if you do not, you know, improve your attendance. Um, and then the third stage is where they will begin to look at dismissal. Mm.
1: Wow. Well, it's a real lack of understanding clearly, isn't it? It's, um, and uh, yeah, very, very challenging. Uh, yeah.
0: And unfortunately, it's very common as well. Um, yeah, definitely. The, you know, through the work I've done for mental health and disability, There was, you know, a lot of officers that I came across who had been served with this paperwork just because they were unwell and it was something Mm. beyond their control. And, of course, you know, anything like that just makes you feel worse.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Do you have any idea, Samantha, what it was that you were going to do when you left? Had you set something up or did you leave and then start to look?
0: I'll be honest. I applied for any job that I saw on Indeed or LinkedIn. Um, I also joined one called otter.com. I just applied for anything. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I went through quite a few interviews and recruitment processes as well, which were very long and very difficult. Um, you know, they there was a lot of hoops to jump through. Mm. A lot of them wanted you to do these elaborate presentations, um, which did kind of feel like you were just doing their work and not getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. if I'm perfectly honest. Um, and yeah, I had absolutely no idea. I, In my mind, I was like unqualified. All I had was, you know, my policing background. I didn't go to university, didn't do particularly well at school. So, you know, it's kind of just like whatever will pay my bills, I will do mm-hmm. as long as I'm able to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. And. Did you have any success with those interviews or, um, um, you know, with with the Uh, application process?
0: I didn't. I always found that it would be a case of, oh, there was one other person who had more experience than you. Um, And even within jobs that I'd applied for that had a sort of a requirement to have a policing background, that was still the response I would get. Mm. Um, because I didn't have the additional skills in project management. I'd not, you know, done, used agile methodologies before, let's say. So it was kind of like hitting hitting a brick wall every time. Mm.
1: And in terms of your, the skills experience that you picked up within your seven years policing, can you remember how you went about, you know, ticking the boxes for those, applications and and making sure that you were, that you are evidencing the right things to get through to interview.
0: Um to be honest with you, the platform I used, otter.com was really good for building up your CV because it had these sort of boxes there that were like tell us more about you and what you've experienced rather than what qualifications do you have. Um, so that really helped me understand it. Mm -hmm. and understand what I needed to put on. Um, But really it was through sort of just research and different Facebook groups like the Blue Light Leavers one. Um, Just having a look at what other people were doing and seeing what those transferable skills were um, or what helped me, like made me, helped to make me build up my CV. Um, But the sort of main help I had was through the charity, Astrid, who were fantastic.
1: Yeah, so can we talk about those a bit? Yeah. Just give us an indication as to what Astrid is, because it wasn't something I'd heard of until you and I connected on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, so Astrid is an amazing organisation that helps people with disabilities find more meaningful work or get employed. Um, So there is a huge value to employing disabled people. Um, Quite often there are... Extra skills that we can bring to the table that we don't realise because it's just what we're doing every day whilst living. Mm. 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 And so, personally, through Astrid, I had um, a career sort of a candidate coordinator. Sorry, who was my single point of contact, and she sort of was there from the minute I began my journey to the minute I ended it with them Um, and even now we stay in contact which is really lovely and she helped me identify what skills I had through my illness and through my previous experience with the police she then helped me with um set up some career coaching so it was basically one-to-one with another fabulous like fabulous lady there who really helped me get my confidence back up um, and, you know, did sort of help to get those gremlins in the back of your head that tell you that you're not good enough Mm. to just be quiet. Uh, And it was brilliant. And they're the ones who actually um, put me in touch with with you with me and started my journey with them. Incredible. Yeah, I would highly recommend them to anyone. They're a really fantastic organisation.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I, I looked them up, um, you know, when I saw them tagged in your post and um, it's just brilliant. The support they've got there and um, I mean, even the headline banner talks about, you know, the, the different ways that um, uh, chronic Ill- illness can make you more employable and it's got some amazing advice and guidance there. So, um, yeah, that's that's great. And, and I'll link to, um, to I think it's astrid.org. Um I'll link to them in the show notes uh, once we've, once we've finished the podcast, but that's great. Thank you for that. That's, that's incredibly helpful. I'm so pleased that, that you are able to get the help and support that you needed uh, at that point. Um, now, as you said earlier, uh, I interviewed uh, Tom Moore um, for episode 50 and uh, he's, you know, with you with me of one of the top startups. And uh, I think, you know, both in, in Australia and uh, they've been recognized on LinkedIn as being a top start, an extraordinary organisation doing amazing things, and um, they've offered free profiling and um, and also uh, free tech training as well to emergency services, which is just extraordinary. And obviously, you've been through that process. So, could you talk us through how you connected? Obviously, I know it's through uh, through Astrid, but that initial connection with um. um and the uh, the first sort of couple of interviews or anything like that that you went through or and then the process you went through for training. That'd be amazing.
0: Yeah. So initially I'd, you know, we'd gone through my experience with Astrid and um, I, during lockdown, I did a coding challenge with another company just because I was bored. Um, and I just thought, why not? And um, I did really well in it. And so they were like, well, have you ever really considered a career in IT? And I thought, yeah, I suppose that's what I always thought I was going to do when I was in school, but I was just never very good at exams. Um, and they sort of told me about this company called With You With Me, and I thought, yeah, okay, that just sounds like a little bit far-fetched, like as if, you know, as if anyone's going to want someone who's unqualified. Um but they said you know look sign up and do your testing and again I kind of thought oh like I don't have that many rest days I'm gonna spend my whole weekend doing this testing it's gonna be really difficult um but I did it and actually it wasn't too bad at all um I actually enjoyed doing it it was far less scary than I thought um so it started out with sort of um a couple of different personality tests so initially there is a culture fit um testing which relies on the big five personality um which yeah but the way that with you with me produce the results make it a lot easier to understand i think um you have got all these like different little diagrams and it really does for me, it was just I say it's hilariously accurate because it it really <laughs> it really was. Um
1: it's scarily accurate are we talking here? We?
0: Yeah, but also I really? I just found it really funny. I mean it, you know, it it basically just yeah, it said I was highly neurotic and I at first I was like, oh no, you know, <laughs> nobody's gonna want to employ me. But, you know, then I, then I did my research and I was like, okay, it's not all a bad thing. Um, and then the next part of it follows the DISC model. So it tells you how you're going to work well in a team and what sort of team you work well in. Um, which, again, there was no surprises for me. It described me to an absolute T. Um, and then it moved on to the aptitude testing which was the bit I was really worried about. Um, I will always hold my hands up and say I am not good at maths. Anything to do with maths is not my thing, and that's what I thought it was going to be. But actually, it was totally okay, and I did a lot better than I expected. Um, It told me that I'm not very good at spatial, which was no surprise, (laughs) if you've ever seen me driving. But, um, yeah, no, (laughs) It um, it was really fun. And, um, I mean, what's good about and different about with you, with me's testing is it does pick up on skills that are extremely important for a lot of the tech jobs that are under, that are suffering with the talent gap.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Yep.
0: That was really good. And then it tells you what sort of careers you'd be matched to. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that was the testing part of it. Um, and then I was sort of, um, I went back to Astrid with my report. We went through it together with my candidate coordinator. Um, so she could also tell me, don't worry about being neurotic. It's fine. It's just your it's just your anxiety talking. It's fine. It doesn't mean that you're unemployable. Yeah. And they said to me, do you want to do some free tech training? Yeah. I think I, I thought about it and I you know because I've done this coding course I've been or this coding challenge I've been hounded for months by this other company saying do our training but it's going to cost you six grand mm-hmm. or if not more and so yeah I thought I can't turn that down no way um, so I started doing initially on their cyber pipeline so I thought I was going to go into cyber Um, And I was enjoying it. Obviously, it's very difficult balancing that while still doing 40 hours a week. Um, But I made some headway with it. And then I received an email about a job accelerator with Northrop Grumman, And I thought, oh, I'll just go to the meeting. Why not? Signed up to the meeting. And then the next minute I found myself signing up to go through the Job Accelerator program, which I yeah, just kind of didn't expect to happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really relaxed. It was really easy. I had a short phone call with a member of the career success team. Um, it's just on Teams. And it was it was really nice. It was, you know, somebody else who understood it, who'd come from a forces background, but you know, there was still that connection. Um it wasn't about jumping through all these hoops that I had in previous interviews. It was just like a friendly chat. Um and then they put me forward to go for the second culture fit with Northrop Grumman And again, it wasn't asking me technical questions um because obviously I wouldn't know the answer to them it was just you know to really see how you would fit in with their team and if you had the mentality i guess to you know persevere and go through 14 weeks of training and yeah the next minute i get an email saying that i'd been successful and i just couldn't believe it um it yeah, it was mad to me i i'd actually just been offered a well, told that my position on learning and development was becoming permanent in the job. And then two seconds later, I had that email. So um, luckily I had a good relationship with my line manager. So I was, she she wasn't that surprised, but um, mm. it was kind of like, oh, thanks for letting me know, but here's my resignation. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, that must have felt amazing. And, and you know, to be doing this alongside um the day job as well um and you know with that training you were doing with, with you with me and actually putting yourself through the interview process you know that would have been quite challenging and were both interviews with Northrop were they they weren't with with you with me they were actually with with Northrop staff
0: so no um the first one was just with you with me yeah and then right, yeah. the second one was with both of them oh, okay, but it was great. all facilitated with with you with me um Brilliant. so the oh, roles amazing. are i've got is as a full stack developer Mm -hmm. in javascript um and yeah i had no idea what that was before i just had a google at what you know what the different roles were and what they involved um and yeah during my second interview they said to me what role would you like to do and i said i think i'm interested in full stack and yeah, that was it, really. Um, I've got no previous experience in it. I've never done anything like it before. Um, I've done, you know, different things like when I was in school, obviously to do with just basic IT and that small coding challenge. But yeah, I'd, I'd never touched JavaScript. It's completely foreign to me. Didn't know what it was. Um, but that didn't matter. Um, it was just with that's the great thing about with you with me is they just look at your potential um and yeah it's just an amazing amazing company
1: incredible and there's a couple of questions that have come out of that if i can so um the first one being how do you get and i know this will be important to a lot of people which is why i'm going to ask it so it's how did you go about explaining your personal circumstances and emmy to northrop in particular and and How did you cover that? What was the reaction?
0: I'm always very open and honest about my illness. Um, And what I like to say is just because I'm disabled doesn't mean I'm less abled. It just means I'm differently abled. Um, And I think, um, yeah, I mean, nobody, you know, treated me any differently for it, which was really nice. The support I've had through with you, with me, with, you know, even from like my onboarding week all the way through has been amazing. Um, you know, just from the simple things of, you know, getting a message saying, Are you all right? You know, are you struggling at all? Or if I am struggling, you know, to just being able to take some time out and go and lie down and then come back to things, it's been really great. Um, and although I've not started with Northrop Grumman yet, I've just been with, you know, with you, with me, they've already taken such an interest, um, in, you know, knowing what adjustments they can put in place to help me. Um, and it's just been a completely different experience. It's been really nice. And, you know, I, I guess at first I was a little bit embarrassed by it, you know, cause, you know, I don't want to be singled out, but, um, no, it's actually it, it's helped me sort of be able to do things that I didn't think I was going to, going to be able to do again, which is really
1: nice. Wow, that's incredible. That's proper joke. We are to. Uh, that's incredible. Well done. I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. It's so good to hear. Um And salary wise, I don't want to know, you know, what they're offering or anything like that at all. But obviously this is another question that comes up an awful lot is, oh, do we need to go for junior jobs? Are we going to get, you know, there's nothing that matches what I'm currently on and these sort of things. So in terms of things like starting salary and earning potential, don't give me numbers, but how do you feel about that? Are you comfortable with what's being offered and the potential?
0: Yeah. So um, I, all I wanted was enough money to be able to pay my bills. And that was all I was worried about. And actually I've ended up now being able to keep money aside to save up to get my first home. So it, <laughs> it uh, wow. worked out really well, to put it that wow. way. Um, and the way they worked it out with, with you, with me, was to do with the Sophia framework. So I'm going in as Sophia level three. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of mid-range. Um, and after 12 months, depending on what happens, if I stay with Northrop Grimman or if I go back to with you with me, um, yeah, hopefully there is an opportunity to climb that scale a little bit more.
1: Incredible. Wow. Oh, I love it. And just for those that that don't know, including me, although I work with full stack devs and, and all that, but I still never really knew what they did because I, I was very much, I work in tech, but I'm very much the people side of tech and, and the business change and, and engagement, adoption, those sort of things. So so what is a full stack developer in JavaScript? Just re- I'm put, I know I'm putting you on the spot here as well, So, but just really briefly, what, what does that involve? Is it, it's obviously coding, I guess, and those sort of things. So what would it involve?
0: Yeah, so the way that I explain it to my friends and family is that, If you take a website, for example, you've got what you look at, you know, what you see, but then obviously you've got stuff that also goes on in the background. So, you know, for example, if you take Google, when you put something in the search bar and then it returns the results, a full stack developer does everything. It does looking at what makes it look all pretty, making it look nice, making it easy for the user to function, but then they also do with the what goes on behind the scenes that you don't see. So like getting the information and return the results. It's kind of like doing a bit of everything, which is why I picked it, which Brilliant. maybe was a little bit silly, but um, I'm enjoying it. So it doesn't matter.
1: Great stuff. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and the training that you've done with with you with me, that's the 150 hours. And is that specifically with or to do with full stack Developer JavaScript, or is it um, is it more generic training? How does that work?
0: So initially, before I was employed by them, and I was on the cyber pipeline, I didn't actually get to the end of it. Um, but that was sort of a a mix of different IT skills, starting from the very basics of the components of a computer, and then it was going to go right in depth to with open source Intel and all sorts of different things. Um, For my training now that I'm employed by them, again, it's from the very beginning of you don't know anything because I don't. And um, hopefully by the end of it, the end of my 14 weeks, I will know what I'm doing. I'll know how to, I know, you know, all about JavaScript um, and HTML and CSS and different sort of coding languages. Um, But I'll also have included within that some on-the-job training. So I'll spend a couple of weeks with the With You, With Me dev team, actually, you know, doing things on our platform and learning how, you know, getting that actual experience of putting the practice in Um, and sort of with, uh, before I get to that point along the way, I've got several capstone projects. So they're. Um, I didn't know what that was at first, but it's basically you've got a couple of days to say build a web page or design an app, and then you present that to our CEO Tom at the end. And yeah, it's not it's not really a pass or fail thing. Um, although there is a pass and fail, it's more to check your understanding and help you go along, you know, and see identify where maybe you've got some training gaps um, and give you support to reach the ultimate end goal which is get deployed at Northrop Grumman.
1: Incredible so that and that's after the training obviously so you said that's uh, August time did you say? Yeah hopefully
0: Um, all being well it will be towards the end of August.
1: Incredible now cops being cops and being cynical and sceptical and all these sort of things that that we tend to have these less sort of favourable <laughs> behaviours sometimes. The uh, did you ever get you know when you started this um, you know obviously with Astrid and uh, you started being in contact with, with you with me was it was there bits of you that thought this sounds too good to be true because you know there's no it's free and and does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, I I did. I was so cynical about it. Mm-hmm. I was like, no way, you know, what do you mean potential over experience? You know, I've gone through all these other interviews, which were really difficult and doing all this work and get nowhere. I had gotten to that point where I was like, nah, I'm just going to get fobbed off again. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, it's been great. And, you know, the fact that when you start with the company and through your onboarding, it's so open and transparent. You know, everyone has to do mandatory um, sales training so you know how everything works how they are actually able to give out free tech training um and then it sort of makes you realize okay that's how it works and you know what you know why aren't more places doing it because it, mm-hmm. it just makes sense um but it is it's a really fantastic company and we're not a scam so <laughs> it's yeah I've, I've signed up quite a few of my ex-colleagues who you know, I've done their training, their potential testing as well. And I've got the results back and it's been, it's actually been quite a laugh comparing each other and being yeah. like, oh, I knew you were going to score highly for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, if I can get all of my old team to do the testing, which I have done, then I'd say that, you know, don't be cynical or skeptical, just give it a go and see yeah. what comes out of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, you never know what doors are going to open as a result. I mean, it's incredibly inspirational and yeah, just so, so happy for you. And, and uh, for anyone that's listening that, that wants to know more about the training and you're actually mentioned on the, on the page as well. So if um, if they go to bluelightleavers.com forward slash with you, with me, then the link there yeah, takes you through to um, the profiling and the testing there and then, um, um, and follows on throughout their entire training you can sign up and and do it all for free through that so uh, I'll link to that in the show notes as well but Samantha honestly incredible story incredible story and I'm sort of glad that I didn't really know this in much detail prior to us getting on the call because uh, it's amazing to hear I'm so so happy for you well done you should be incredibly proud of yourself it's it's fantastic and leading the way for others as well so yeah well done
0: Thank you. I really appreciate that. I've not done anything like this before. You know, obviously coming from a cop background, you're not allowed to talk to the media. You're not allowed to do anything like that. Um, So this is completely new for me. It's fun.
1: Yeah, great stuff. Well, you ticked a box now. That's brilliant. (laughs) Um, If people want to connect with you, what's likely to be the best way to do that? If they've got any questions, are you happy for people to contact you and... um, hopefully you won't be inundated with thousands of emails or LinkedIn requests. But uh, but if people want to find out more, what's the best way of getting in touch with you?
0: Um, definitely just send me a message on LinkedIn.
1: Great. So
0: my name's Samantha Gillison. You can find me on there. Just drop me a message and
1: I will get back to you. Yeah, brilliant. If people aren't sure, they can go through mine as well. Because obviously we're connected, so they can go through me and see you as a connection through there as well, if people aren't sure. And obviously I will uh, I can link to you through the uh, through the show notes as well. But thanks so much for your time. What a great story, incredibly inspirational and an absolute honour to, to have you on here. So thanks, Samantha, really appreciate it.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: I told you that was a bit good, didn't I? And uh, absolutely amazing, just incredible story. And, and to hear uh, what she's been through and, uh, you know, where Samantha is now and the potential and just oh, just amazing so so happy for you so if you're uh, really interested in finding out more then you go to bluelotleavers.com forward slash with you with me incredibly proud to be working alongside such an amazing uh, organization as them and the opportunities that have been opened up to uh, the emergency services through them is uh, nothing i've ever come across before um and i'm very very proud to be associated with them um don't forget you can join the private facebook group uh, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash blue light levers, and um, if you want to connect please do you can get with me through linkedin or andy at blue light and um, yeah i really hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to speaking to you again soon take care bye-bye for now